Today is November 23rd. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer, and it's Thanksgiving, y'all. This is a day that we gather to collectively count our blessings, watch the Macy's Day Parade, catch some football, feast on our favorite dishes while cracking up over old memories and making some new ones. It is a beautiful thing, and I am totally here for it, but I've got something to say about it. I'm going to save it for the end, though. For now, let's gobble up all this goodness in God's Word. Ezekiel chapter 45, verse 13 through chapter 46, verse 24. The Living Bible. This is the tax you must give to the prince, a bushel of wheat or barley for every 60 you reap, and 1% of your olive oil. From each 200 sheep in all your flocks in Israel, give him one sheep. These are the meal offerings, burnt offerings, and thank offerings to make atonement for those who bring them, says the Lord God. All the people of Israel shall bring their offerings to the prince. The prince shall be required to furnish the people with sacrifices for public worship, sin offerings, burnt offerings, meal offerings, drink offerings, and thank offerings, to make reconciliation for the people of Israel. This shall be done at the time of the religious feasts, the new moon ceremonies, the Sabbaths, and all other similar occasions. The Lord God says, On each New Year's Day, sacrifice a young bull with no blemishes to purify the temple. The priest shall take some of the blood of this sin offering and put it on the doorposts of the temple, upon the four corners of the base of the altar, and upon the walls at the entry of the inner courts. Do this also on the seventh day of that month for anyone who has sinned through error or ignorance, and so the temple will be cleansed. On the fourteenth day of the same month, you shall celebrate the Passover. It will be a seven-day feast. Only bread without yeast shall be eaten during those days. On the day of the Passover, the prince shall provide a young bull for a sin offering for himself and all the people of Israel. On each of the seven days of the feast, he shall prepare a burnt offering to the Lord. This daily offering will consist of seven young bulls and seven rams without blemish. A male goat shall also be given each day for a sin offering, and the prince shall provide a half bushel of grain with each bullock and ram for a meal offering and three quarts of olive oil. Early in October, during each of the seven days of the annual festival of shelters, he shall provide these same sacrifices for the sin offering, burnt offering, meal offering, and oil offering. The Lord God says, The inner wall's eastern entrance shall be closed during the six work days, but open on the Sabbath and on the days of the new moon celebrations. The prince shall enter the outside entry hall of the passageway and proceed to the inner wall at the other end while the priest offers his burnt offering and peace offering. He shall worship inside the passageway and then return back to the entrance, which shall not be closed until evening. The people shall worship the Lord in front of this passageway on the Sabbaths and on the days of the new moon celebrations. The burnt offering that the prince sacrifices to the Lord on the Sabbath days shall be six lambs and a ram, all unblemished. He shall present a meal offering of a half bushel of flour to go with the ram and whatever amount he is willing to give with each lamb. 
and he shall bring three quarts of olive oil for each half bushel of flour. At the new moon celebration, he shall bring one young bull in perfect condition, six lambs, and one ram, all without any blemish. With the young bull, he must bring a half bushel of flour for a meal offering. With the ram, he must bring a half bushel of flour. With the lamb, he is to bring whatever he is willing to give. With each half bushel of grain, he is to bring three quarts of olive oil. The prince shall go in at the entry hall of the passageway and out the same way. But when the people come in through the north passageway to sacrifice during their religious feasts, they must go out through the south passageway. Those coming in from the south must go out by the north. They must never go out the same way they come in, but must always use the opposite passageway. The prince shall enter and leave with the common people on these occasions. To summarize, at the special feasts and sacred festivals, the meal offering shall be a half bushel with the young bull, a half bushel with the ram, as much as the prince is willing to give with each lamb, and three quarts of oil with each half bushel of grain. Whenever the prince offers an extra burnt offering or peace offering to be sacrificed to the Lord, the inner eastern gate shall be opened up for him to enter, and he shall offer his sacrifices just as on the Sabbaths. Then he shall turn around and go out, and the passage shall be shut behind him. Each morning a yearling lamb must be sacrificed as a burnt offering to the Lord, and there must be a meal offering each morning, five pounds of flour with one quart of oil with which to mix it. This is a permanent ordinance. The lamb, the grain offering, and the olive oil shall be provided every morning for the daily sacrifice. The Sovereign Lord says, If the prince gives a gift of land to one of his sons, it will belong to him forever. But if he gives a gift of land to one of his servants, the servant may keep it only until the year of release, every seventh year when he is set free. Then the land returns to the prince. Only gifts to his sons are permanent, and the prince may never take anyone's property by force. If he gives property to his sons, it must be from his own land, for I don't want my people losing their property and having to move away. After that, using the door through the wall at the side of the main passageway, he led me through the entrance to the block of sacred chambers that faced north. There, at the extreme west end of these rooms, I saw a place where, my guide told me, the priests boil the meat of the trespass offering and sin offering and bake the flour of the flour offerings into bread. They do it here to avoid the necessity of carrying the sacrifices through the outer court in case they harm the people. Then he brought me out to the outer court again and led me to each of the four corners of the court. I saw that in each corner there was a room 70 feet long by 52 and a half feet wide, enclosed by walls. Around the inside of these walls there ran a line of brick boiling vats with ovens underneath. He said these rooms were where the temple assistants, the Levites, boiled the sacrifices the people offer. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13 through chapter 2 verse 10.
So now you can look forward soberly and intelligently to more of God's kindness to you when Jesus Christ returns. Obey God because you are his children. Don't slip back into your old ways doing evil because you knew no better. But be holy now in everything you do, just as the Lord is holy, who invited you to be his child. He himself has said, you must be holy for I am holy. And remember that your heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites when he judges. He will judge you with perfect justice for everything you do. So act in reverent fear of him from now on until you get to heaven. God paid a ransom to save you from the impossible road to heaven which your fathers tried to take, and the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver as you very well know, but he paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him for this purpose long before the world began, but only recently was he brought into public view in these last days as a blessing to you. Because of this, your trust can be in God who raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. Now your faith and hope can rest in him alone. Now you can have real love for everyone because your souls have been cleansed from selfishness and hatred when you trusted Christ to save you. So see to it that you really do love each other warmly with all your hearts. Now you can have real love for everyone because your souls have been cleansed from selfishness and hatred when you trusted Christ to save you. So see to it that you really do love each other warmly with all your hearts. For you have a new life. It was not passed on to you from your parents, for the life they gave you will fade away. This new one will last forever, for it comes from Christ, God's ever-living message to men. Yes, our natural lives will fade as grass does when it becomes all blown and dry. All our greatness is like a flower that droops and falls. But the word of the Lord will last forever, and his message is the good news that was preached to you. So get rid of your feelings of hatred. Don't just pretend to be good. Be done with dishonesty and jealousy and talking about others behind their backs. Now that you realize how kind the Lord has been to you, put away all evil, deception, envy, and fraud. Long to grow up into the fullness of your salvation. Cry for this as a baby cries for his milk. Come to Christ, who is the living foundation of rock upon which God builds. Though men have spurned him, he is very precious to God, who has chosen him above all others. And now you have become living building stones for God's use in building his house. What's more, you are his holy priests. So come to him, you who are acceptable to him because of Jesus Christ, and offer to God those things that please him. As the scriptures express it, see, I am sending Christ to be the carefully chosen, precious cornerstone of my church, and I will never disappoint those who trust in him. Yes, he is very precious to you who believe, and to those who reject him, well, the same stone that was rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone, the most honored and important part of the building. And the scriptures also say, 
He is the stone that some will stumble over and the rock that will make them fall. They will stumble because they will not listen to God's word nor obey it. And so this punishment must follow that they will fall. But you are not like that, for you have been chosen by God himself. You are priests of the king. You are holy and pure. You are God's very own. All this so that you may show to others how God called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were less than nothing, now you are God's own. Once you knew very little of God's kindness, now your very lives have been changed by it. Psalm 119 verses 33 through 48. Just tell me what to do and I will do it, Lord. As long as I live, I'll wholeheartedly obey. Make me walk along the right paths, for I know how delightful they really are. Help me to prefer obedience to making money. Turn me away from wanting any other plan than yours. Revive my heart toward you. Reassure me that your promises are for me, for I trust and revere you. How I dread being mocked for obeying, for your laws are right and good. I long to obey them. Therefore, in fairness, renew my life, for this was your promise, yes, Lord, to save me. Now spare me by your kindness and your love. Then I will have an answer for those who taunt me, for I trust your promises. May I never forget your words, for they are my only hope. Therefore, I will keep on obeying you forever and forever free within the limits of your laws. I will speak to kings about their value, and they will listen with interest and respect. How I love your laws, how I enjoy your commands. Come, come to me. I call to them, for I love them and will let them feel my life. Proverbs 28, verse 11. Rich men are conceited, but their real poverty is evident to the poor. Okay, so I told y'all up top that I had something to say about Thanksgiving. Y'all know I'm an empath who is sensitive to everybody's pain. And I've spent some time recently thinking about the origins of this Thanksgiving holiday. And much like the 4th of July, Thanksgiving too has a complicated history, particularly for our Native American brothers and sisters. And as a black woman who has struggled with how or whether to celebrate the 4th of July, now that I understand that my people were still enslaved, even though many of them fought for the very freedom white Americans were celebrating, I can imagine that this must be a bittersweet holiday for many Native Americans. At the very least, it has to be a day of mixed feelings. And I promise, don't fast forward, don't skip. I'm going to end on a positive note so you can enjoy your mac and cheese and your sweet potatoes and your dressing in perfect peace. But please go with me for a second. Remember those elementary school stories of pilgrims and Native Americans breaking bread together? The reality is far from this. The Native Americans were exploited by the Europeans who came in and stole their lands, their resources, and their culture and forced them into a painful choice between assimilation and displacement, if you can even call it a choice, to leave everything they had ever known, their home, so that others could claim it as their own. This is so uncomfortable, but it is the truth. And it's a truth that we have to acknowledge. It shouldn't be ignored. The history of Thanksgiving is intertwined with the history of colonization, oppression, enslavement, and violence. Yikes. I, for one, 
do not want to perpetuate ignorance, erasure, or the whitewashing of anyone's history, especially considering how I had to rethink my whole childhood and really my adult life after I understood the significance of Juneteenth. Like, how does truth get rewritten like that and we just accept it without questioning? I guess it's because we just don't know what we don't know. Still, it is wild how that happens. But here is the beautiful part, right? We have the power to learn, unlearn, and relearn. We can educate ourselves about the true history of not just Thanksgiving, but our history, period. We can honor the experiences of Native Americans. We can choose to listen, to understand, and to stand in solidarity with marginalized communities because for some, this day can be a painful reminder of that oppression and violence that their ancestors endured. And I'm not saying that you should bring this up at your Thanksgiving dinner table, but At the very least, let's ensure that our children and grandchildren know the truth. Let's not be complicit in perpetuating a lie to future generations that strips a whole group of people of their rightful history. Because here's an even more sobering truth. Those of us who are in the U.S., Every piece of this land we call home, every mountain, every river, every city, every town has a Black and a Native American story tied to it. Black and Indigenous people have been living, working, and struggling on this land for centuries. And we have left our mark and our legacy on every aspect of it. Our stories are part of the American story and they deserve to be told and remembered even if it makes some folk uncomfortable. Now here is the really sweet part. And this is why I said this day is gonna be just as joyful as it has always been. While we can't undo the mistakes of the past, we sure as heck don't have to let them define us, but rather we can be defined by what we choose to do with the knowledge of these mistakes. So as we shift the focus from myth to reality, from erasure to recognition, from ignorance to understanding, We can celebrate Thanksgiving on our own terms as a day of gratitude, love, and togetherness, which is what most of us were doing anyway. We can enjoy our turkey, laugh till our bellies hurt, and make beautiful memories. We can embrace the traditions of the past, or we can create some new ones. And even if we can't change the past, we can change how we acknowledge it. We can change how we tell these stories. So, As we enjoy every mouthful of candy yams, every forkful of greens, and every bite of that bread pudding, we can remember the real story. We can know it. We can remember the people. And we can remember to choose truth. And that doesn't take anything away from us. In fact, I think the truth makes it even more meaningful. Now go ahead and enjoy your meal. And as you do, give thanks not just for the food, but for the ability to learn, to grow, to do and be better. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you today with hearts overflowing with gratitude on this Thanksgiving day. Lord, we remember the complexities of our history. We acknowledge the truths and the stories that often go untold. And Lord, we just thank you for the courage and the strength to face these truths and the wisdom to learn from them. Lord, today as we gather around tables filled with the fruits of your blessings, Lord, we just turn our hearts toward you in sincere thankfulness. 
We thank you for the love that connects us, the joy that fills us, and the peace that surrounds us. Lord, today we're especially grateful for your everlasting grace, for the way that you lead, protect, and provide for us. We're thankful for the roof over our heads, the food on our tables, for our health, our strength, the breath in our bodies, for life itself. Lord, we're thankful that we're still in our right minds. We're thankful for our resilience, for the elasticity of our spirits, that we have been able to make it through whatever it is that we've gone through in our lives. Lord, we thank you for the laughter that brightens our homes, for the memories that we cherish, and for the ones that we have yet to create. Lord, we thank you right now for the hands that cooked whatever meal we will enjoy today, for the love that they infused into every dish, and for the fellowship we enjoy as we'll share it today. God, we are thankful for your very presence in our lives, for the comfort that you bring us, for the guidance you provide. And as we reflect on the past year, Lord, we can see your hand and every challenge that we've overcome and every victory that we've won. We see your affection and every moment of happiness we've experienced and every prayer answered and every crisis avoided. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for being our rock, our shield, and our guiding light. We thank you for blessing us with more than we could ever ask for or imagine. Lord, we thank you because you are blessing us right now. And as we get ready or as we enjoy our Thanksgiving meal today, whatever time that is, let it not only nourish our bodies, but also our souls. Let these gatherings be a reminder of your abundant blessings and your affinity for us, your endless love and your unfailing faithfulness. In the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, all the thankful people of God said together, amen. And our affirmation for today, I am thankful for the abundance of blessings that God has provided for me and my loved ones. He is the source of every good and perfect gift, and He satisfies my every need. I am thankful for the abundance of blessings that God has provided for me and my loved ones. He is the source of every good and perfect gift, and He satisfies my every need. And our aphorism. Gratitude can transform common days into thanksgiving, turn routine jobs into joy, and change ordinary opportunities into blessings. That is all I have for you today. Thank you for being on this sacred sojourn with me. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. May the love of God surround you, and may the presence of the Holy Spirit fill you with joy and peace. May you be blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, and may you walk in the light of God's love all the days of your life. May you be blessed with the strength of God's might, the wisdom of his spirit, and the courage of his heart. May God bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you always. You belong here, and we belong together on this journey. I love you, and if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.